the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever guaranteed call lawn doctor today check out their website lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025 to petro on am 1380 99.9 fm folks you can always listen online at the website to petro.com well it was the it is the friday before memorial day weekend i want to wish everyone a very happy and safe memorial day weekend far different than it was last year without question and it's such an important time to remember those who have served our country. And, uh, and again, uh, I just think that everyone is in a different mode right now because everyone is uh, realizing that it is, in fact, uh, things are lifted, things are opening, and it should be a very, very enjoyable time. I want to touch on, if you um, get a moment, visit the website, petro.com arson investigation, eyewitness heard explosion. You know what's amazing is I received the report that came out talking about the most powerful person in Rhode Island. He is the new House Speaker Joe Sakachi. Just took over in January. It was Nick Mattiello. Now it's him. And he has a law practice in Warwick. He lives in Warwick. And mysteriously on May 11th, uh, without any warning, sometime the last person left the, his office at 8.15 and then there was someone uh, working across the street and they left their office a little after 9 o'clock. And wouldn't you know, boom, at 9.30, suddenly a fire erupts in his law firm. And the fire marshal, state fire marshal, who arrived on scene the next morning saying, I don't think we're going to be able to determine the cause of the fire. What do you think they're saying now that they've done the investigation? They don't think they can determine the cause of the fire. And they can't rule out arson. So I watched. Channel 10 has a story on it. And nothing against the reporter. But if you go to depetro.com fire due to intentional act in the report they say it was tested cannot be eliminated entry door the north side of the building which is the right side was unsecure now on the website petro.com you see my footage i was there folks next morning first thing seven o'clock looked like a bomb went off i said it then i say it now went back that afternoon and captured more footage of it so it's the right side of the building the one part of the building in that area where there's no no camera and all of the basic uh buildings and they were all basically the same in fact they're, they're numbered you know there's like 30 and 25 like that they're all different numbers because they're all so similar and so that's how it um you know they were all why why is this just this one just this one erupts into a fire but if you go into it and again they say uh, cannot be determined if an individual or individuals entered the building and ignited the fire. Now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this was arson. I'm telling you, this was arson. And there is, I saw a TV report on it, and they leave out one of the most important parts, what I think is of the entire report. And it is on May 11th at approximately 935, 925, right around there. Um. There was a woman working in a building right across from where the fire was. She heard, she thought it was thunder. It was so loud. She went to the window. Wow, is that thunder? What was that explosion? And it said, is it lightning out? Thunder and lightning? It wasn't supposed to rain tonight? Gets to the window. The rear of the building is in a roaring fire. Now, it wasn't prior to that. She calls 911. So she uh asked is there a um the a 911 said is this on bald hill road she said no it's it's college park and saw the first uh engine pulling up to it my point is how do you leave out the fact what did that woman hear there's an eyewitness how do you do a tv report and not mention 
that, that this woman heard was an explosion. Someone set off an explosive device. And on top of that, the first engine immediately arrived on the scene. How does something immediately combust? I'm telling you right now, this was arson. Speaker Sakachi, I know he said, you know, I hope it's not. I'd like to think it's not. Everyone thinks that. Of course you want to, you'd like to think that you're not a victim of crime. But I'm going to go to, it was on the Tuesday, Wednesday, May 12th. The fire was Tuesday night, May 11th. 934, May 12th. Kate Walsh. She is a reporter for Channel 12 on the scene. State Fire Marshal's office arrives, tells me the damage is so extensive they may not be able to ever determine the cause of the fire. And then what we've learned yesterday, investigators unable to find cause of fire that's destroyed Sakachi office. How do you arrive on the scene and say, I don't think we're ever going to be able to solve this? How do you know that? They don't think it was so uh, damaged. We don't think we can. Based on it, the fire is undetermined, but undetermined and not ruling out an intentional act. Well, listen, this is Rhode Island. He's the most powerful person. I'm telling you, and you can see my footage. I said it right then. You can see the footage for yourself right at the website, Dimitro.com. This is like a bomb went off. Now, we don't know who did it, but they also, I have postings of... Uh, someone that left his office at 8.15. And then there was someone else, though, in the building across that left a little after 9 o'clock. So in that 20-minute span, so we're, we're supposed to believe there was there was no fire. There was no fire. Suddenly, it just ignited. What causes something to ignite and combust in that way? Impossible. Fires don't happen that way. No, nope, no reason. I'm telling you, it was arson. I said it then. I, t I set it by looking at the back of the building, the way they don't have the story straight, how initially the, the Warwick fire chief said it started outside the building. The fire marshal, the people investigated, said it started inside the building. So, and, and I feel for Speaker Sakachi. Listen, it's a complete hassle. You lose all your files. Uh, it's an inconvenience. It's frightening to think that. But... Let me do this. Log on at DePetro.com. You take a look at the photo I took. And I am telling you that looks like a bomb tore through the place. Because that is what happened, I believe. Someone said that. Isn't it convenient? The fire broke out. They're saying the northwest. So it's really the back rear. The back side of the building to the right side. That's considered the northwest corner of the building. And that's the one area where there was no security camera. If it happened in the front, there's a security camera. If it happened on the other side, there's a security camera. The one part of the building where there was no one being able to judge it was, in fact, on the other side. And, again, I do have footage you can see where I go right up where someone did. I am telling you there were accelerants put in, some kind of an explosive. Now, Speaker Sakachi saying, I'd like to think... I hope it's not, you know, I, I would like to think and don't believe it would be arson, but there's no other explanation. Fires just don't start, right? They don't just, a lightning bolt doesn't come out of the sky. But I think one of the most, the damaging elements of this is this eyewitness who was working in the building across and whoever set this fire, and I firmly believe, I don't know who did it, but somebody did, one or two people, uh, individuals, but they, they were focused on who was inside the building, who was in the building across, and then the building next to it. They weren't thinking of someone in a building diagonally across from there. And on top of that, someone had to know that Speaker Sakachi was still at the State House at that time. So I think they should also have security cameras of who was monitoring, or maybe it was at the vets at that point, wherever it may be, wherever he was, someone monitoring, because who knows, maybe he, I don't know. If he frequently would stop back at his law office after a session uh, because he is the speaker. But the fact that someone, I thought I heard thunder. Imagine that you think you hear thunder, like, wow, what was that? Now, you don't know what it was. She said thunder. What she means is she heard a loud boom. She heard the explosion go off. So big that you walk to the window to think, is it thundering and lightning out? And then when you look out, Already, the back of the building is fully engulfed in flames. And then already, an engine is, company is pulling up. I mean, think how odd that is.
How is that possible? You know, the timeline just doesn't match up. The timeline does not match up. They say that the police were out because someone called in and said, I think I see a fire on Bald Hill Road. So, and then this woman walks to the window. She heard the explosion. She heard what I believe was the explosion. Someone, this I believe, based on everything I'm reading in this report, I believe it was arson. I believe it was intentional. You know, this could even fall under the Patriot Act for domestic terror. Because that does come if you're trying to influence a public official through an act of terrorism, which arson is covered under that. So they could be tried under the Patriot Act for domestic terrorism. That's the part that should be explored. That's where the feds get involved. And that's where I think this ultimately may uh, end up being solved. All right, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega MEGA, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Spring is here. Time to contact Bethel Certified Softwash. You can text Jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great website. It's rhodeislandsoftwashing.com. Outside your home. Let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel Certified Soft Wash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L. Their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585, 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com, Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Wash. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, joining us right now, he has uh, some interesting blogs. He's the director of the Republican National Committee Rapid Response. And we want to welcome to the uh, John DePietro Show is Tommy Pigeot. Did I get your last name correct, Tommy? Tommy Pigeot? Uh, it's Piggott, but honestly, Pigot. I kind of like how Pigeot sounds a little better. <laughs> All, <laughs> a right. Bit more fancy. All right. So either one works with me. Tommy Piggott. <laughs> Um, Tommy, let, let's start off with, uh, I love your P Biden's guide to opening the border. You know, you, you illustrate it perfectly. If you want to open, th- this is exactly what you would do. If in fact you did want to open the border as opposed to border security. Well, that's exactly it. He's opening the border basically by policy. So what he's doing is, you know, step one, he's rolling back successful border security measures. And then that encourages a huge surge of illegal immigration to the border. I mean, even migrants are saying it. They're saying they're coming basically because Biden is president. And then step two, when he catches people illegally crossing the border, his administration is releasing them. There have been 61,000 
illegal immigrants caught and released into the United States in February, March, and April. That's up from 18, just 18 in January. And then step three, you have no idea where they are when they're in the U.S. So Mayorkas was testifying, his DHS secretary, was testifying before Congress and was asked, hey, when we, you know, catch these people and release them, is there any way to track them, make sure they show up to their court hearing? And he admitted, no, there's too many. So basically, he's encouraging people to come to the border, rolling back successful border security measures, catching people, releasing them, and then losing track of them. So it's basically open borders by policy. Tommy, do you now look at it as when he announced that Vice President Kamala Harris is actually in charge of the border, was that really just nothing more than a deflection to just so then he almost feels as though therefore he doesn't have to answer questions about it because he's put someone in charge of it because i mean as we know she what, what significantly has she done to improve the situation well they made that's a, an excellent point about deflecting attention they made huge fanfare when she was named um this border crisis manager and everyone assumed it was to solve the border crisis that's kind of how they presented her appointment but then they started walking it back almost immediately, claiming that she actually wasn't responsible for the border portion of the border crisis, astonishingly. So she has done nothing. She's accomplished nothing. She won't even visit the border as we're having the 20, a 21-year high in illegal border crossings. And they're doing nothing to solve it. Biden claimed in April that we've now gotten control, was his quote, of the border crisis. Gaslighting to the American people, just not telling the American people the truth. There's one estimate that shows as many as 1,500 illegal immigrants are crossing into the U.S. unpursued every single day. That's in addition to the 61,000 that are caught and released. So just since Kamala Harris has been border crisis manager, if you just were to do that math, as many as 88,000 illegal immigrants have entered the U.S. and escaped into the country unpursued by law enforcement. It's just a terrible policy, and they've created this crisis. And Tommy, what about the fact that, you know, what about agreeing on certain dynamics involved with the border, such as, I mean, in the past, you know, it was you're you're basically committing a crime if you cross the border. It sounds like they're not committed to that set of facts that they won't come out and say it, but they really don't consider that a crime. Is that fair? Well, I think even going further, one of Biden's nominees to a position within the Department of Homeland Security was asked point blank if he believes that crossing the border should be a crime. And he repeatedly refused to answer that question. And in practice, they're making it effectively not a crime. They're making it open borders by policy. Those gotaways is what they're called, people that escape into the country illegally. You would expect to have robust internal immigration enforcement to make sure we're finding these people. But instead, we have the lowest number of deportations from ICE in 20 years, the lowest monthly lowest monthly number ever on record because he's tying the hands of the agency so functionally they're opening up the border and honestly i think they're just hoping that this crisis goes away if people stop paying attention but folks, it is a major crisis and it's hurting american communities folks to so speak with tommy pickett again republican national committee and tom he, um, i love your piece on the biden's letters to the oxford dictionaries it is true what they're basically trying to do is just redefine a lot of terms yeah, it's kind of astonishing. They like to say that Republicans are being obstructionist on infrastructure. Well, the Democrats' main problem is actually just the English language, the definitions that words have. Infrastructure cannot just be defined as any government spending under the sun or whatever Biden wants it to be. It has a clear meaning, which is roads, bridges, other things that are necessary to improve the economy like that. But it's not just any government spending. And so they're trying to redefine it to force through a far-left wish list. The Republican counterproposal that was released yesterday has many items that Democrats support, but they're standing in the way of that, a bipartisan agreement, because they want to force through a far left wish list. And they're trying to hide their wish list behind this redefinition of infrastructure. And they're doing the same thing with things like compromise and bipartisanship. They're deciding that bipartisanship actually doesn't mean working with Republicans. That compromise only means my way or the highway. So they're just trying to change definitions of words, and they're not actually working to reach a, a deal that a vast majority of Americans support. Tommy, not only that, um, the 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 developments regarding the origin of the virus, uh, you know, the, it wasn't that long ago on social media. You couldn't even post that you felt it was man-made. It's incredible now to watch. President Trump was exactly right in how the Biden administration is even open to the fact 
they should be more of a thorough investigation. You can't depend on, uh, you, you you can't depend on the World Health Organization, and that there needs to be more explanation and investigation exactly where this virus came from. One hundred percent, and I think there's kind of two major items of concern here, besides just the need that we need to get to the bottom of where this virus came from. The first is on the censorship that you mentioned. It was extremely concerning that basically big tech censored American voices based off of the word of the Chinese Communist Party. That is extremely concerning. It's not the first time that big tech has had to reverse censorship of speech they didn't like. So they need to have, there needs to be thorough uh, accountability and there needs to be an examination of how that happened and to make sure things like that don't happen again. And then the second thing is in terms of the investigation, Joe Biden's administration, when they announced this 90-day review, was asked, his uh, spokesperson was asked a very simple question. She was asked, what are you going to do if China continues to obstruct this investigation? How are you going to get real answers for the American people? And she responded, we're just going to continue to work with the WHO, and WHO is going to continue working with China. That was her quote. So basically, they're not actually trying to have a thorough investigation here because China has obstructed every step of the way. The reason why we don't have answers, the reason why this very plausibly could be a lab leak, but we don't know, is because China has obstructed the investigators every step of the way. And Biden is doubling down on the WHO, which is covered from, for Xi Jinping since the beginning. It's a complete abdication of leadership. We need a real investigation, not a phony one. And, and not only that, when you think of it, I mean, think of when this first happened, people you know, kind of thought, and you heard a lot of speculation that it, in fact, escaped from from a lab in Wuhan. And then anyone that said that, and President Trump was shouted down, and, uh, you know, somehow that's Asian hate, and you're just encouraging. And now here it is, a little more than a year later, and seemingly that still remains the biggest possibility of where this virus originated from. I think shouting down these voices, they called themselves fact check. What they really were were group thinker fact checkers. They want to make sure everyone was in line with the group think. And I think, you know, we, we again, we don't know the origin of this virus. It very plausibly could have been from a lab leak. There seems to be more evidence suggesting that we need a thorough investigation. But that's why there needs to be accountability for how big tech took the word of the Chinese Communist Party, basically imported Chinese censorship into American discourse. It's extremely concerning. And it's not the first time they've made major, I'll call them errors on censorship that they've had to reverse. Folks, again, we're speaking with Tommy Pickett of uh, the Republican National Committee. And Tommy, finally, it's really been uh, distressing to see how much the teachers union, specifically Randy Weingarten, how much power they have over the Biden administration. They just steamroll over their agenda and just how far they're willing to go to continue to manipulate and try to keep children out of the classroom. Well, it's, it's uh, demonstrating how in Biden and the Biden administration, special interests have more power than what's, what American families need. Randy Weingarten admitted that the CDC, Biden CDC, asked her for language and they gave it to them. And the CDC adopted that language verbatim into their school reopening guidelines. At the same time, the, uh, her group, the, the AFT, American Federation of Teachers, was working to keep schools closed against the science. So millions of children didn't make it back into the classroom full time, even though the science said they could because of groups like her working against the science. And then we found out that she was backing conspiracy theory in Florida about case numbers to support her position that schools should not reopen while Florida was successfully reopening schools. And that's the influence. Her influence is what Biden has brought into the White House, even his own cabinet secretaries when they were discussing the dismal jobs number in April pointed to school closures as a main reason, in effect, admitting that Biden has failed to reopen the schools despite the fact the science tells him to. So it's really a failure for American families, and they're, they're the ones that are paying the cost as millions didn't make it back to the classroom full-time. He's Tommy Pickett, Republican now. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. 
This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, is brought to you by Brothers Disposal. Call Brother Roland today, now offering weekly trash collection services. Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters, and the Facebook page stands out, purple and yellow. Brothers Disposal. Again, offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate, 401 688 401-688-0517. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal today. Put a purple dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're doing some spring cleaning, or maybe you want to clean out that basement, the garage, the attic. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster in your driveway, 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven, and remember, now offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate. It's Brothers Disposal four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show, AM thirteen eighty ninety nine point nine FM. Joining us right now, she is the founder director of Then There Were None, and we want to say uh, welcome to the John DePietro Show, and it's Abby Johnson. Uh, Abby, thank you for taking the time to join us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Talk a little bit about, um, you are obviously an expert on motherhood, and this really comes down to where we are in the country right now as far as uh, maternity leave, paid leave, and you. this is definitely an area of expertise. Let, let's start off with where do most Americans support what the federal paid leave should be yeah so i mean this is an issue that's of course close to my heart i am a a mom of eight kiddos and you know as someone who worked in the abortion industry for eight years and um you know i i ran an abortion clinic i saw women you know thousands and thousands of women um coming through our doors every day and you know they would they would say to me you know we would say you know what you know why do you feel like you need to have an abortion and over and over again it was you know financial reasons 60 percent of women who have abortions already have children at home so you know a lot of the reasons that these women feel like they need to have abortions is because they just they don't have the resources at home um, they have to go back to work immediately. You know, who's going to help me with my kids? Things like that. And most daycares won't take children, won't take infants until they're at least six weeks old. So, and then you look at the actual statistics, and uh, 23% of all mothers go back to work within two weeks of giving birth. So then, you know, what do they do with their children? What do these 23% of mothers do with their children? Um, so it's it's sort of shocking, um, you know, as someone who's given birth all of these times, I can't imagine going back to work two weeks after, you know, having had a, having had a baby. Um, but the bottom line is that, you know, 71% of, of people support paid leave for parents. And it really crosses you know, party lines, ideological lines. Um, and there are, you know, and when I start talking about paid family leave, <laughs> you know, a lot of conservatives are like, hold on, you know, I don't want my tax money going to this. And, and I understand that we don't, you know, but there are budget neutral options that have already been put forward in Congress to support families that aren't taxpayer funded options and these are things that we need to start thinking about because the bottom line i think is that if we are conservative if we are pro-lifers these are things that we need to be supporting we need to be you know pushing that these things move forward um federally to support parents um folks again we're speaking with abby johnson and abby i actually want to back up for a moment because i would i i'm i'm almost sure certain that a number of people when they hear you say you have eight children would then be shocked to hear the occupation that that you had um could could you just touch on that and how does that influence your decision making in in having a family or just how how was that able to match up in that way yeah so um 
well, so I, you know, I worked for Planned Parenthood for eight years. Um, I, you know, worked there when I was, I was in, I, I began working there when I was in college. Um, at the time, I only had, had one child, our daughter, Grace. I was married and um, was very heavily pressured to abort my daughter, Grace, actually, because, well, uh, children are a bad look for the abortion industry. And my boss, you know, heavily, heavily pressured me to abort my daughter when I was pregnant with her. And uh, certainly, you know, being a, a pregnant employee in the abortion industry um, is is not something that they want. But, um, you know, I, I had her and and thought, you know, this is it. This is the only child that I want. But I went through a, a, a radical conversion experience after watching a, a live ultrasound guided abortion procedure. Uh, and saw a 13-week-old baby fight and struggle for his life during that abortion procedure. And I knew then that there was life in the womb, there was humanity in the womb, that I had been lied to by the abortion industry for these eight years. And so I knew I had to get out, and so that's what I did. And um, I ended up leaving the abortion industry, and when I did... I just felt this real openness to life that I had not felt before. And so um, we ended up having uh, three more children sort of in a row, um, three children in three years. And then um, we were blessed to uh, adopt a child. Um, and very quickly after having our um, our fourth child, and then we had twins um, two years after adopting our our son, and then uh, and then we had our last one. So yeah, so I mean, children have come quickly for us uh, since leaving Planned Parenthood, and uh, it's it's been a real blessing. Um, and you know, I've been fortunate to have a you know a husband that's supportive and and parents that live close and in-laws that live close but I recognize that you know not everybody is in that position not everybody has that sort of support system that can help them after after having children folks again we're speaking with Abby Johnson founder director of and then there were none and Abby you know it's almost cruel to hear that some women have to go back after just two weeks I mean that is brutal why is it that right now, why isn't this moving along more quickly? And why haven't more people recognized how important it is for uh, women to have, I mean, really 12 weeks is, is not even enough, but, but just at least uh, as much time as possible after giving birth? Yeah, I think it's a, I, I think we just aren't talking about it enough. And um, I think anytime we start talking about this, um, I, I think there's just not a lot of education about it, honestly. So, you know, we start talking about, you know, paid family leave and, and a lot of conservatives throw their hands up because they think this is going to be cutting into tax money and, and it's not. And so um, there's a, a great website. It's uh, Rick Santorum's project, uh, patriotvoices.com. People can can go there and find out more about it, um, but it, it very clearly talks about the problem. It talks about you know the solution. You know there are a lot of you know, well known um, conservatives um, who are you know pushing for this, who have put bills in you know who you know put out bills in Congress. Uh, Dan Crenshaw, Joni Ernst, Ann Wagner, um, Mike Lee. So there have been you know I mean. You know, President Donald Trump uh, spoke about the need for paid parental leave. So, um, probably the most, you know, the most common way, the most common budget-neutral plan that has been put forward is is called the the Cradle Act, and uh, that was put forward by or two different ones. Uh, one put forward by Joni Ernst and Mike Lee. 
um, and then another one put forward by uh, Ann Wagner and Dan Crenshaw. And this basically allows parents to receive one, two, or three months of paid leave benefits after the birth or adoption of a child. And then they would delay activating retirement benefits administrated administered by the Social Security Administration for two, four, six months. So it's it's not taxpayer funded. It has nothing to do with, you know, our money. This is their own Social Security that they would be delaying, that they'd be taking from, and that they would be delaying. Um, and then there's, uh, a, you know, another one that was put forward that basically uh, allows family to advance $5,000 from their child tax credit upon the birth or adoption of a child um, that then they they end up paying back uh, over over 10 years so they would they don't pay it back but they reduce their yearly child tax credit by $500 over the the next 10 years so both plans are optional both plans you know do not dip into our tax money um, but I think it's just people just don't know a lot about it and they they you know put their hands up and say hold on stop I don't want my tax money going to pay for this instead of you know stopping and listening to how this would actually work and how this would actually benefit parents how can people um, I think it, you're you're a tremendous advocate for it I think it is certainly worthwhile it needs to be more of a discussion how can people uh, I'd like to involve people in a call to action. There are people listening right now, I'm sure, that would like to learn more about it. Um, how can you give them some guidance? Yeah, so we talk about this a lot. Um, I'm the, the co-owner of a, a website called The Real Deal of Parenting. It's a conservative parenting website. We're talking about this all the time, uh, giving people tools. They can go there. Um, but also, you know, contact your, your representatives, your congressional members. Contact them. Let them know that, you know, you want this to move forward for parents. I mean, the the you know, the facts are, are just it's devastating to me. I mean, that the fact that 23% of moms are going back to work within two weeks of giving birth, that's devastating to me. Um, and, uh, you know, and the, the positives are, are so great. I mean, just 10 weeks of paid maternal leave was associated with a 10% lower infant mortality rate. Wow. I mean, this is saving lives. This is saving the lives of babies. So this is something that we need to do for our moms, but this is something that we need to do for our babies. Folks, she is Abby Johnson, founder director of Then They Were None. Abby, really a pleasure to uh, speak with you. Keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you so much. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401-305-3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health because, folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible acai berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, because remember, it's your health. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVast Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 
401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies you can depend on. On MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays on 99.9 FM and also AM 1380. Joining us right now, he's a former U.S. Army Reserve Lieutenant Colonel who also authored, by the way, Operation Dark Heart in the Last Line. And uh, we've spoken to him before, folks. He is so knowledgeable. I want to welcome back to the John DePietro Show. It's Tony Schaefer. Good after- uh, Good morning, Tony. Excuse me. Good morning, hey. Tony. Good morning. Good to be joining you again. Good to be on. Tony, uh, I've been following you on social media and... Um, I really am anxious to hear your thoughts this latest now with uh, what's going on in the Middle East. So, look, uh, it's cause and effect as far as I can tell. You uh, had under President Trump a deliberate move uh, towards peace. Uh, Mike Pompeo was working to establish understanding and, and goodwill between the Arab nations and Israel. Uh, it's called the, Arab Accor- the, uh, the Abraham Accords. It was going very well. The moment Trump steps away, Mike leaves, chaos returns. And some of that chaos has been fed by the $235 million that uh, was not given to the Palestinian Authority by the Trump administration because, gee, surprise, surprise, we, we figured that some of that was going to terrorist groups. Next thing you know, that 35, uh, $235 million is given to the Palestinian Authority. You got rockets being shot back in Israel by Hamas. You know, that's kind of cause and effect. And that's what we're faced with now uh, is the fact that it appears that the Biden administration is kind of funding both sides at this point. They're almost encouraging this chaos. And uh, we see uh, 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 this kind of milquetoast response from Blinken and, and the president. And that's where we're at. Uh, we basically have seen, and now they're calling for, you know, a, a ceasefire. John, I don't think we would... Uh, accept or promote a ceasefire if, if West Virginia attacked Virginia and they kept threatening to fire rockets back into Virginia. So right. uh, the, the Israelis have the right of, uh, to defend themselves. And I keep hearing all this, all these, all these children are, are being killed uh, by the, on the, on the Palestinian side. Well, don't use schools and hospitals to launch rockets from. It's, it's kind of simple. Uh, but that's what we're faced with. And I think that's why it's so important that the Israelis uh, move forward. And by the way, it's the first time in history that I know of the Israelis said, "Hey, we don't want we don't want your help, America. We're 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 going to do this on our own." No, no, no. And they're buying uh, some additional weaponry from us, but they really don't want us involved. Tony, are you surprised? I I'm taken aback at the amount of uh, support that Hamas and the Palestinians are getting, not only in the media but from, you know, elected officials like AOC and the Squad. Uh, <laughs> well. I think it's shown a clear divide within the Democrat Party. With that said, I think the Democrat Party has always been anti-Semitic. Uh, look at the, the, the main mouthpiece of the, of, the, of the Democrat Party, the New York Times. The Times has always had this very subtle but, but observable uh, theme of anti-Semitism all along. And I think it's, you're, you're seeing more and more what they're really like. And I think the Democrats have always been this way. I think the last two Democrat administrations, the Obama administration and now the Biden administration, are kind of letting the veneer come off that they're pro-Israel and pro-democracy. And I think that's what we're seeing here. And I, I, I do believe, unfortunately, that AOC and Presley and, and all these folks are much more representative of the current Democrat view rather than Biden kind of being on, on the fence 
and it's very dangerous. We, we uh, cannot afford to see uh, a, a democracy in the Middle East fail, and yet that's what these people on the left are trying to do. Folks, again, we're speaking with the great Tony Schaefer. And, Tony, I, I like how, because I do follow you on Twitter, I like how some of the reporting, especially like CBS News, they take Hamas, everything they say at face value. It's anti-Israel. It's gaslighting. Uh, the whole narrative paints, uh, you know, the the uh, people of Israel like they're the murderers of this whole situation. Yeah, I know, and that's where I, you know, I encourage people to follow me. Because when I find a, a completely blatant and easily observable example, I'm going to put it out there. Uh, this was recently, uh, I tweeted on this recently, regarding some of the reporting from uh, a number of major news outlets, where the CBS, for goodness sake, was out there essentially uh, basically promoting Hamas and his talking points. Uh, they, they could have been Hamas reporters. As a matter of fact, I wish they would have been wearing, you know, like I work for Hamas yes. on their on their chest because it was that blatant. And nor did they once actually talk about the fact that Hamas fired the rockets first, that they've created this situation, and that, you know, uh, anytime you fire rockets into civilian populations, you're, of course, going to have a very severe response from the Israelis. And that, none of that was mentioned at all during this one report that I posted. Tony, what did President Trump do? Why was it successful that over the past couple of years during the Trump presidency that there, there was, in fact, uh, right. you know, times of peace? Two, two things happened. First, uh, the, uh, he decoupled Middle East peace from the issue regarding the Palestinians. Basically, previous administrations, both uh, parties, had said, well, we've got to resolve uh, the issues with the Israelis and Palestine first. And he said, no, nah, we don't have to do that. Let's go a different direction. Let's actually negotiate with the Israelis, with the Saudis, with, uh, the, uh, with other nations, you know, the Egyptians. Let's find a way we can create peace between these countries. And then we'll circle back uh, to the, the Palestinian issue. And that's how you actually had nations signing up uh, to work together. And by the way, on that note, I think we're going to see out of this, unfortunately, the Saudi Arabians are going to be the, the uh, preferred ally in the Middle East with the Israelis over us because we were so effective. And, and that's the second point, is that we embraced our allies. We returned trying to work with the allies we have chosen. Look, the Saudis aren't perfect. These nations are not perfect. They, they are, are not uh, uh, nations that I would choose to, to work with, but they're there, uh, and we need to work with them, and they're our allies. And we, they became the preferred group over Iran and the Shia. And so that's another thing. You know, the Obama administration was constantly deferring and trying to get in bed with the Iranians. That was stopped, and we returned to our allies, the, 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 uh, the Sunni and, and, and the Saudis and all that. That's why. That's why it worked. That's why it was working. That's why it would work. At this, at this point, though, Biden now is trying to cater to the terrorist groups known as Hamas. And I think the Iranians see this, and they're going to uh, embolden Hezbollah. And you're going to see the the Iranians and uh, return to a, a wider range of state-sponsored terror as well as they go forward. Remember, President Trump assassinated, assassinated Soleimani. That stopped the Iranians because it sent a message saying, "You mess around, you're going to have consequences." Frankly, the Biden administration is basically telegraphed: there's no consequences to bad behavior, and that's why you're going to see more of this. Folks, again, we're speaking with Tony Tony Schaefer, New York Times bestselling author, also retired intelligence officer. Tony, I've um, spent some time in Israel. I've spent some time at the tank base in the Golan Heights. Something that they really um, uh, made an impression on me was the fact that they would say, you've got to understand the only thing that people in this part of the world understand a force. If you, if you try to be soft, they perceive that as a weakness. You have to show force, and that's the only thing they understand. That's correct. Uh, and the same, by the way, in the Middle East, but uh, this is a theme. Basically, the strong horse in the Middle East is that which uh, people respect and observe. Uh, this is in both the, the, their culture and their, uh, their art, uh, the strong horse. And one of the things that people uh, respected about President Trump, whether you appreciate, uh, liked him or not, he was a strong horse. And again, that goes a long way to build respect and deference to uh, the need to actually come to the table and talk about peace. That's why it was so effective. Uh, look, let's be honest here. Biden is not a strong horse. Uh, this is observable. His own speech, like yesterday, he, he messed up with the Navy and the Coast yep. Guard. Uh, he said disrespectful things. He says things which anybody else would 
would essentially cringe at. I think he's got the, he's moving towards the path of dementia. These are all things that our our enemies observe, and they they will they will act on. There's no there's no doubt. I'm not I'm not even going to say they may. They will act. It's just a matter of time. You know. Finally, Tony, I, I think this is a wake up call for people to see how. The progressives, now Black Lives Matter, saying they're endorsing the Palestinians and Hamas. Right. This is a wake-up call that all these groups start to kind of blend together, and they do not have the best interests of freedom or democracy or the United States. That is not what they're looking for. No, uh, look, uh, I don't know. I think we're, I'm probably preaching to the quieter, but BLM is a Marxist organization. Uh, the, 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 the founder admits that she, she, she's a Marxist. If you look at their doctrine, what they say about themselves are Marxist. And they're linking themselves into another organization, Hamas, which is focused on terror. Uh, black Lives Matter has done more damage to the black community in this country than any other single organization. Uh, and when you see things like Chicago and Baltimore where you have mass shootings, think about this, John. Every weekend is a mass shooting of black individuals, but, uh, but they, they never, ever— uh, do anything about it. BLM, there's nothing about it. So why is that? Why would they do that? Mm. So this is what people have to recognize, is that terror is terror. BLM permits terror here. Uh, BLM endorses terror there. That's how bad it is. Tony, if people want to uh, learn more about you or read some of your great books, is uh, LondonCenter.org, is that the best place to get a hold of you? Yes, uh, LondonCenter.org. Right now we're doing an 82 Candles uh, promotion. Uh, for, for our founder, Dr. Herb London, who passed a couple years ago, he would have been 82 this year. So we're actually doing, a, a, you know, basically people can support us by coming and, and donating to the 82 Candles Project. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401 401- 439-6028 fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist yankee tree service they provide various tree services including tree removal pruning land clearing stump grinding and bobcat service check out their website yankeetreeservice.com whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding yankee tree service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps tree pruning you know many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down the licensed arborists with yankee tree service they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree emergency service or bucket truck service they'll get up in the bucket call yankee tree service today for a free quote 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com, or call them 401-392-1025.